everybody, and welcome to an episode of Impactful Conversations, a platform to educate and inspire. My name is Tafadzan Lohu, and thank you for tuning in for the show. On this show, I interview and speak to individuals who are making a difference in their world, individuals who have a different way of thinking and are forming as leaders in their respective fields. I hope that you enjoy the episode, and I'd love to hear some of your feedback after listening to the episode, either by writing us a review or by heading over to the website, impactfulconversations.co.za, and heading over to the Contact Us section. Anyway, wherever you listen to this, I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Impactful Conversations, a platform to educate and inspire. I'm thrilled to have a special guest with us today, uh, but before I introduce him, uh, if you're watching this, you can actually see him, but uh, if you're listening to this here, you can't hear him just yet. Um, but I would like to first welcome you, the viewer and the listener to the show. So thank you so much for all the wonderful support, to all of you who have subscribed to the show, thank you so very much. And if you haven't done so yet, I'd encourage you to subscribe, as we've got some uh, really awesome content that we've that we've done, uh, you know, in the past episodes, as well as in this episode and the next few weeks as well. Um, so actually, on that, you know, we've just had part one of the uh, Street Smart Skills for Your Corporate Career course, um, and it was absolutely amazing. And uh, in fact, you'll uh, recognize the face on the other half of the screen. Uh, because he was the amazing presenter and, uh, in, in part one of the course and he'll be taking us through the other parts of the course as well. Um, if you're listening to this, you'll be able to recognize his voice uh, very shortly. But um, do check out part one on all of our platforms. Um, we're privileged to have you know, registration at capacity and you know, we've managed to create some extra spots for part two. Um, you know, and they're not too many. I think we created about 15 extra spots and you know, we've got about eight or nine left. Um, so we do have a few extra spots left. So head over to impactfulconversations.co.za to sign up if you haven't yet. And uh, now for the moment that you've been waiting for, um, I'm delighted to welcome into the virtual room with me, Prevalent Rambley. Um, he's a digital engineer in artificial intelligence with 15 years experience in various roles in engineering disciplines. He holds a bachelor's of engineering and electronic engineering, as well as a master's in engineering and chemical engineering as well. He's also the author of the book, uh, Street Smart Skills for Your Corporate Career, um, which is a short book packed with practical and very useful and impactful tips on how you know one can navigate through the career, no matter the field or industry. Prevalen, thank you so much for joining today. Um, I know we're a lot uh, less nervous than we were last week, um, when uh, you and I were recording live, this is at least a, a recording. Uh, but yeah, how are you doing this morning? Yeah, I'm good. And uh, thank, thanks, Tapo, for, for inviting me onto this platform. I think it was great. Had a lot of fun last week uh, with Newcastle. And, and uh, hello to all your listeners. Thanks, Prevalen. And uh, welcome, welcome into the virtual room with us. And, uh, it's an absolute privilege and honor to have you here. Um, typically, how we start with any episode is, you know, I, I, we really want to dig into, to, you know, Prevalent the person. Um, so just, you know, from the onset, give me an insight, you know, into where you're from, um, where were you born, and, you know, what are you passionate about? Yeah, so this claim up front, uh, I think I'm going to use you for my next interview. I think you've done a very good job introducing me, so thanks very much. So where did it begin for, for Prevalent Rambali? Uh, so I'll just take you a short little history. So I'm, uh, I'm a fourth generation uh, Indian, South African. Um, the Indians that have come down to South Africa and they in the, in the 1860s and they worked in the sugarcane fields. So that's part of my family line. Um, I was born and I grew up in a town called Phoenix in, in Durban, which is uh, close to where the sugarcane fields used to be. And I spent most of, uh, if not all, my growing up there. And I spent some time doing my studies at, up here in Pretoria and working in the different industries in Johannesburg. Um, so that's me in a nutshell. What do I find passionate? So that's, that's an interesting one. So 
question for me is what wakes you up in the morning? What gets you up? What makes you think today is the day? And for me, passion is about how can you help people? And how can you help people so that it makes you happy? So this is one of the key things that, that wakes me up in the morning. That's my, that's my passion in life. Because uh, I've been helped by a lot, of, a lot of people growing up through my career. And uh, I absolutely love doing the same for others. Mm, mm. That's really, that's a, I think that's, that's extremely profound. And um, thank you so much for, for sharing that. And I guess to use a phrase, you know, that you used in the beginning about, you know, where did it begin for prepping, right? Um, I want us to talk a little bit about, you know, your, your studies, you know, at the, before the inception of your, of your career. Um, talk to me about the reason why you chose to study engineering. Where did that come from? So engineering, there's a couple of parts why I chose engineering. When you're young, it's, it's really difficult to know what you want to do in life. Where do you want to go? So you go to your basics. Okay, I like building stuff. And you think, okay, I'm, I'm studying good in, in maths and physics. And, and you choose a part then with career advice and you go to career expos and something inside you says, hmm, this is something that I'd like to do later on in life. I'd like to be building stuff and like to be creating things for the world. And, and that's one of the key things that uh, attracted me to engineering. The second was a more financial aspect. Um, so, you know, I grew up in Phoenix. Uh, Mom was a general worker. Dad actually used to cut hair in the backyard. And uh, if, if one needed to study, you needed a lot of finances. And like many of your listeners and like many South Africans, um, studying and getting finances is not that easy. So one of the other key motivators was uh, the bursaries that I got uh, to actually study engineering. So those are the two things that gelled together. And uh, yeah, I found myself loving engineering and, and that's how I got into it. Yeah, absolutely love that, love that. Thanks so much for sharing that, Prevalent. I think it's a really, really profound thing for, you know, a lot of people who, you know, are really sort of keen to understand, you know, what to study, what to get into and what to what to look into when it comes from a studies perspective. But I actually want to rewind slightly even more, right? Um, I know you used to sell socks, T-shirts, peanuts at a young age, right? So tell me about the birth of your business sense right so what what was the reason for this you know where did that sort of where did that sort of start and you know how do you think that sort of shaped who you are today okay great thanks i think you're taking me down memory lane which is great uh so let's see what did i do um from an entrepreneurial space so it was um so i sold socks going house to house uh selling a pair of white socks uh, I used to sell peanuts separately. Um, there, was, there was a point where we used to go with T-shirts, and, and I'm going to disclose in the call, so they were not original brand T-shirts. Um, I, I was working for someone, and we used to go house to house in the different communities in KZN uh, selling these T-shirts. I also worked uh, as a petrol attendant. And at the same time, not at the same time, but in the same period, it was um, giving out pamphlets at robot intersections. So the people that you see, you know, nowadays when you stop your car, yes, I was one of them. Um, so that's some of the stuff that I did um, probably from grade eight onwards. It was on the weekends. Uh, where did it start? It started with, I think it was an interest to earn extra cash when you're young. Um, it's always great to have a, a few rand extra in your pocket. And at the same time, it was with a group of friends. Uh, and it was my cousins as well, so it was fun. It was something that we did on the weekends. Uh, we did it via people. Um, so we, it, it was fun for us. So it didn't seem at that point as, I'm gonna disclose, it was not child labor. It, it was something fun for us to do and we learned and we earned extra cash and you would know that when you're young and you're earning a little bit of extra cash, 
that gives you some sense of freedom. Mm, this is my money. I can do something, go to the tuck shop. And we used to buy Coke and chips and just uh, sit and chill after that. Fortunately, um, I had a very open-minded dad. So he was the one who says, okay, Prilman, go out. Um, just learn. Learn about the world. Learn how people work. Uh, learn a little bit of independence. Go out there and understand what does it take to work hard and earn some cash. So, so that was one of the key things. Um, I think my, my dad was pretty good at that. So I did that on weekends, which would probably be on like a Saturday morning from 8 to 12 uh, p.m. Sponsor was quite fun, um, but it was entrepreneurial. It gives you an idea of how do you earn money? Uh, what does it take to actually take a product and sell it to someone, to go to someone's house uh, and sell a product? And it also includes hard work because you're carrying the merchandise or you're carrying a bag of socks or you're carrying a bag of t-shirts and you're literally going on door to door knocking and say, um, hello ma'am, hello sir, would you like to buy a t-shirt? Uh, so there's some hard work involved, um, walking, and then you've got to apply yourself, speaking to people and trying to get, so that was very exciting and learned a lot from that. Mm. Mm. That's, that's extremely insightful and, you know, so, Building on from that, right? Tell me why a so yeah. So let's let's talk about the traits that you acquired, you know, in that space. Um, you know, what other traits do you think have helped you, you know, get to where you are today? Um, sort of throughout your your studies, throughout your your sort of early early journey as it were through life. Um, what are the sort of two or three traits that you would say helped you get to where you are today? Okay, great. Thanks for that question. I think it's a good one. So the traits, apart from, okay, you need to have some level of hard work, you need to put in an effort. The key insights that I reflect on my career now, and, and I'll start with saying, is progress is made by people and not machines. And that even in your career right now, uh, you, you're dealing with people in your workplace and that's how productivity, teamwork, etc., happens. So if I go back when I used to sell t-shirts or sell socks or be as a petrol attendant, the insights that I got is you go to someone, you knock on their door, and then you start to learn how people react. You, you, you get to learn, okay, uh, I'm speaking to someone, are they in a good mood? Are they in a bad mood? Are they close to buying when I'm selling them? What do I need to do extra apart from, you know, what I know with my basic skills to say, okay, I need to convince this person to say, sir or ma'am, would you buy a T-shirt for your child? And like I said, I, was, I had some maths and science skills, which is great. But in a real world environment, I couldn't really tell them, you know, this is, 30 rand and minus 2 rand and it's cheaper, etc. The math and physics didn't work. It was that interpersonal skills. How do you persuade someone? How can you convince someone? And I think that's a critical part now in my career when I look back is you have some good qualifications like a master's and you've done engineering and that's great. That gets you in the door. But how do you become successful? It's about dealing with the people. It's about understanding someone likes your idea or someone's on the fence. And how do you use those skills to actually pull people over to buy in your idea? Um, so that's one of the key things I look back in. And it's, and it's customer service. So in your role, you will be dealing with colleagues. You'll be dealing with clients, uh, customers. They will be dealing with you. So if I had to look back um, when I used to give pamphlets and robots, and people normally do this window goes up or they slide it up and you learn things like okay you need to smile you need to be you know give people stuff and say yes something so maybe it might help you later on and, and you learn those few skills and you also learn that yes people will reject you but it's okay the next car will come along and they probably would take it maybe 10 cars won't take it uh but they they will be one so you gotta it's that element of persevering. I think that's been fantastic uh, for my career. Mm. Mm. I think that's extremely powerful, right? I think that's, that is, because what you're talking to is, is 
those sort of practical skills that you've learned, you know, that actually have redefined how you look at life in general and, you know, served you well throughout all of the different steps. If I, if I look at, um, you've done a master's in business administration, um, and this is quite a, an interesting sort of, you know, degree because uh, it is quite a, I'd say, you know, over the past 10 years, a very well-recommended degree since its inception. Um, but I'm really curious about the reason why you chose to do that. Um, and, you know, I think for our listeners and viewers who, you know, are considering to do such a degree, you know, what would you say to them, um, you know, based on sort of your experience of it and, you know, what you've gained from it? Okay, great. Thanks for the question. So um, I'll actually answer this in a couple of parts, right? Uh, firstly, my reason for doing an MBA is I'm a student of life. I'm always learning and, and I feel it's important that you always build your skills. And, and I'll use an example. I mean, if you, you're a builder and if you only have a hammer, how are you going to build the Taj Mahal? It becomes exceptionally difficult. But if you start having different skills in your toolbox, um, you become much more capable. You might not use them immediately, but you get to use them. And for me, an MBA was exactly that. So you study engineering and then you get involved into this whole new arena where it's about you learn something on marketing and organizational development and you learn about finances and how businesses work. And those are extra skills in my toolkit. And I did my MBA like five years ago, and now I'm actually using some of the skills for the first time. So you pick it up as you go along. So my recommendation might be very biased, but I think everyone should do um, an MBA. What's also very important, and I did research, and in the research it's quite interesting. You have a lot of people pro MBA and a lot of people say, it's a waste of time. Why do you want to do it? It's overrated. And I think you sh everyone should do it because one of the key components of the MBA is you learn about yourself as a leader. So let's just assume the course is 250 or 300,000. That's probably the going rates. It's the best therapy session you can have for yourself. You'd never get it anywhere else. Just based on that alone. And that's what makes great leaders. It's not the knowledge. It's what you learn about yourself, your, your reflections, how you push yourself to new limits. So for me, just on those alone, it's absolutely brilliant. And I, and I recommend, if you're thinking about it, do it. Just do it. And that's exactly what I did. And, and no regrets. Yeah, absolutely. And MBA, yeah, and, and it has... Uh, yeah, pros and cons. People think, oh, if I'm going to get an MBA, there you go. I'm becoming the CEO. No, it doesn't work like that. But you would find that many people who have MBAs are generally more successful. Yes. And if you think about it, I'm going to track. Let's go into the 1980s. It was hmm. almost a must to have a matric. And then you got into your 2000s. You almost had to have a degree to get into the game. Now in 2020, I'm almost saying you need an MBA to get in the door as well. So it just keeps on evolving. So for me, that, that's, that those were the key drivers to actually um, do an MBA. And I actually decided to pay for it myself. So mm. I forgo my expenses, gave away bonuses, and said, okay, great. I'm saving all this money. If you're absolutely. passionate about something, do it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely love that. Such a... It's a passionate answer. That's, that's, that's incredible. So we're going we're gonna to turn the temperature down a little bit, right? I know it's a hot, it's a hot day in, in the sort of high felt, as it were. Um, but we're going to turn the temperature down in this, in this uh, episode a little bit. Um, so tell us a little bit about your daily routine. Um, what's a typical day in your life? Let's say, let's say you know, during the week and just say versus during the weekend. Okay, great. So um, I'll start by answering this question, what I think I should have been doing, and I, and, and I read a lot of books where it's like, you got to get up in the morning and have an exercise routine and read a lot of books and, you know, be up in that space. 
that's what they tell you to do, right? To be successful. Um, I'm, I'm a bit more simple than that. I'm usually like everybody else. You get up in the morning, you have some good days, you have some bad days. There's some days you want to exercise. There's some days you're feeling a little lazy. Um, so I'd start my day with a cup of coffee, see how I'm feeling, try and get a bit healthy. Um, on a typical work day, uh, I do stick to the times. I think it's really important if I'm in a job, I must work, you know, start at eight, then finish at minimum five. So I typically go through my day like that. In the afternoons, I'd like to relax, have a good conversation, a cup of tea, um, maybe watch some TV in the afternoon. And, and I do read, always read a good book. Sometimes it takes me a month. Sometimes it's taking a week to read a book. And on the weekends, um, I have a saying. It's not my saying, but it's a saying. Um, good food, good wine, and good company. And, and that's how I live my weekends. You know, it's about meeting people, getting around the table. Obviously, it's slightly difficult now with, you know, COVID. But yes. that's generally it, you know, having a good, you know, maybe a glass of wine or if you'd like orange juice for those who don't drink. Uh, good company, great conversations. Um, so that's typically what I do on the weekends. Uh, so it's uh, simple, straightforward, being happy. And I, and I, I suppose the question for you is, are you a morning or an evening person? Okay. So, so absolutely a morning person. Um, so when I speak to my wife, she's like, I just don't understand. How do you wake up every morning? being happy for absolutely no reason. And um, so I wake up with a smile, I'm always jovial in the morning, I'll play some music or put something on. So with me around in the morning, it's, it's generally noisy. And I think on a more deeper level, that goes to the first question, well, not question, but comment you and I spoke about when, it's, when we spoke about what makes me passionate. And it's about okay, what gets you up in the morning. What, make, what keeps you happy? So for me, I'm, I'm a morning person, very happy, jovial. And afternoon, I tend to relax. Probably go a bit more quieter mm. after a that, long day. That's super interesting. That is so, so super interesting. I, I myself am also, am also a, a morning person. So I, I, can, uh, I can relate. I can relate. So let's, let's talk about... Building leaders, right? Um, you you obviously have a passion for you know what I would describe as as building people um, and helping people to grow and, and to become you know their best selves. So talk to me a little bit about the birth of this passion. I know you touched on a little, little bit earlier, but I'm really you know where this sort of passion stemmed from. Sorry about that. Great. So there's a couple of things here is I am because of others and others shall be because of me. You're never in this world alone. You never, your success is never your success. There's family, there's your community, there's people at work, it's your managers, it's your colleagues that build you. Yes, you do the hard work and you go, and get the results, but it's always people around you that's building you. And for me, I'd like to be one of those people. And and that's that's the great thing about it is people have helped me. I will help people. So that's where it comes from, and it's it's almost slightly selfish in the sense that when I help people, the biggest biggest pay is the happiness I feel and not so much uh, what people will tell you thank you for helping me or thank you for this or you get any other recognition it's about great I've helped someone and that makes me feel great so that slightly I'm going to say the selfish component I do it because it makes me happy and, and that's it's actually simply where it stems from and you know, we are, we are humanity. I am because of you and you are because of me. Yeah, absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. And so how important has mentorship been in your journey? 
Um, and sort of as a follow-on to that, you know, how do you suggest that somebody who maybe doesn't have a mentor goes about getting one? So having mentors is, for your career, um, for me, it's a, it's a must. And there's a couple of reasons for this is someone who is your mentor, and I'll get as to how you can choose a mentor, will give you a window in potentially what you could be in 30 years time, which is the experience that they've had. And they can teach you some of the lessons or shortcuts and give you guidance. So having a mentor is really great. For one, they give you guidance. Um, and two, it's always great to have someone who's a sounding board. So when you speak to a mentor, um, you tell them about what you'd like to have in your career. How do you go about doing the different aspects and growing your career? And the mentor usually will be a sounding board to you and say, okay, yes, Prev, that's a good idea. Maybe you should consider getting some experience in this specific role for the next two or three years. And they help you stitch your career together. So for me, having a mentor is is almost necessary. So how do you choose a mentor? That's an interesting one. So you will have an image of your career, of where you'd like to be. Maybe you'd like to be the managing director or you'd like to be a super specialist and a professor at a university or the likes. I mean, you'll have an idea. And what the mentor does is you, you find someone who's similar to that to give you an idea, okay, great, I aspire to be like certain person in this role, they're probably the managing director, and you speak to them. So finding your mentor is, is an important point, and also for the, men, the person who is the mentor, it's a learning experience and reflection for them. Yes. And it's pretty easy to do is to find a mentor, it's as simple as giving someone a call, dropping them an email and says, I'd like to have a 30-minute chat with you um, to understand about your career. And then from there, you can decide and the mentor can decide, oh, this is a good fit and let's go on with the mentorship relationships. It's, it's typically about, and it's really that simple because all I've done is drop somebody an email, says, I'd like to chat to you. And no one has really come back and says, sorry, Rev, um, I'm not into this, sorry. They're very willing. If they don't, you know, they see, okay, maybe you're looking for something different, they will refer you to someone else. Yes. And you know what that does? That builds your network. Because then mentors introduce you to other people in the industry and people start to know you, and then you start learning more. Mm. So I think mm. mentorship is great, and every young person should get a mentor. And it's something that we also said in the beginning, Earlier in your career, it's very difficult to know what's the path. Yes, when you're 60 at your retirement dinner, you know exactly what you wanted to do, what you should have done. It's so easy. But in your early stages, it's difficult. And, and mentors are exceptionally great in that. Absolutely. 100%. And I love, I love how practically you put it across, right? Um, in the sense that, you know, it, it literally is just an email to say, look, I just want to chat. And you know, ask ask some some really sort of well, they seemingly simple questions, but probably difficult questions as well. Um, you have also written a book on uh, you know street smart skills for your corporate career, as I mentioned in the introduction of this episode. Um, and you recently convened uh, part one of the course um, with impactful conversations, and you know we'll be doing you know some the other parts you know in the coming weeks. But I'm really curious, you know, what led a engineer to decide to write a book, but not on engineering, right? Um, so what actually led you to take that step of writing the book? So, so writing the book was uh, a pretty simple exercise for me. Mm. And, and how it started, and, and again, I'm going to, I'm going to go with a saying, and in, in yeah. some of the people I admire a lot is, is, is Gandhi. And 
One of his most popular sayings is, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm. So if you want to see the world prospering, if you want to see people moving up, if you have a passion for developing people, if you have a passion for building society around you, yeah. then be that change. Start somewhere. Do the 1%. Mm. And that's exactly what I did. Over my career, and I'm going to say, and extend that to my life experiences from the time selling socks and pulling as a petrol attendant, you know, I picked up a lot of small skills that I don't think everybody was probably fortunate enough or had the luxury of having these experiences and I had many mentors and I still do who are CEOs and chairman of boards. And each time they told me something and it's and something that I've learned and I've tested in my career, I've tested in the work environment, tested in my personal environment. And just over the years, I took down notes and said, okay, it's a good thing I must never forget it. I must remember it. Carry on, continue it. And interesting enough, uh, in 2018, so I was involved in an accident and long story short, I had to take Uber to work for two weeks. And I thought, okay, I've seen Johannesburg. This is great, but it doesn't help to sit and just look you know, through the Uber window. And I pulled out my laptop and I started taking these notes and says, okay, let's turn this into something. And the idea was maybe you could turn it, that I wanted to turn it into newsletters or small articles. And then as I wrote and I wrote and I thought, okay, now this is great. And over a period of two years, I turned it into a book and I got a proper editor and proper graphics design and given it to a few people to read and realized, okay, someone who's younger in their career um, can use this in their toolbox. Maybe one sentence of the book might help them. Maybe they might use all the skills, but let's give people the opportunity to share and say, great, uh, maybe you can use it, maybe you won't, at least you're aware of it. And here's my practical experience. Another component uh, about writing the book is you have a lot of coaches out there and feel good people and they're great and they're needed. But how many of them have actually been in a work environment, been at the cold face, been at the front, in the hard yards, in the thick of things, and tested this practically. You know, it's not this concept of you should do this for your career. It's, oh, cool, this has been tested. I tried this. Maybe it might work for you. And that's, that was the birth of the book. And it ties in with the passion of mm. I am because of others and others shall be because of me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely love the sort of consistency um, you know, in in with with what you believe, and you know the fact that you took the step to start it, and you know that you've that you've polished it and find it. And I would encourage anybody you know who's listening to this to to get in touch with us to find out you know how you how they can get the book. Um, I have read the book myself, and it's, it's it's absolutely brilliant. So I I would you know very highly recommend it. Let's talk about an interesting topic: um, digital skills in today's world and i guess the preface to this topic is um you know the world today you know at a time of recording you know we're we're in the we're in the COVID 19 pandemic you know where we've been pretty much forced to evolve digitally um in industries you know in at home you know in our personal lives we've been forced to evolve you know, to get that sort of social connection with each other. Um, you know, you mentioned it earlier when you were talking about, you know, um, good company, right? In the sense that good company is now, you know, probably 95% virtual, right? You know, other than the people that you spend time with at home, you know, the rest of the company that you're seeking is virtual, right? Um, but I want to break down a little bit what digital skills actually are, Um and I want to break down, you know, what do you think are the key digital skills that are required in today's world? Okay, so that is so true. Um, Post-2020, I mean, we're in 2020 in the year, and life is fundamentally different. Uh, but it's nothing new. Mm. So I'll just, let's track back a little. Uh, so we in this term called the 
the industrial revolution. Sounds yes. amazing, right? But if you look at, um, you had the first industrial revolution, which was mechanization and steam power. And back then for people as well, what is this trains that can move and transport goods? And the second industrial revolution was electricity. And it's like, boom, what is this new thing now? We can get electricity and get things to work automatically. And we now have a microwave and, you know, those nice kind of things. And the third industrial revolution was automation. So you started getting robots, things that are being, you know, things that are being done automatically in these production lines. And now we're in the fourth industrial revolution, which is the cyberspace. Yeah. It's yeah. about the internet of things. And the whole social media, it's data, and it can become overwhelming. So it's good to understand where things are and know that over history, at least in the last 150 years, uh, the human race has been evolving, and we're just in another step of evolving. The fundamentals still remain the same. Um, you still need good companies, you still need food. But now you're in the space of digital. So what does it mean for your career? What does it mean for you in your daily activities? And even so more, uh, like you've just mentioned, all social interactions now are happening online. I mean, yep. we, we're having this chat. Uh, it's virtual. Yeah. So, so what do you use for your career? And probably not, I'm not going to give you this high-level great example, but let's look at it. At the moment, there's approximately 23 billion devices in the world. And there's 7 billion people. Mm. So it's going somewhere. How do you leverage that for your career? And it comes back to some of the basics. So yeah. what do you want to achieve on this? And I know it sounds like, oh, but this is like a very, very way back answer, but what do you want to do? How are you going to use this to help you in your day-to-day? -day? How are you going to use artificial intelligence? How are you going to use digital? How are you going to use Internet of Things? How are you going to use social media to help you in your career or to help you in your daily life? And it's, again, you need to understand, okay, what do I want to achieve about this? So the yes. first question I'll probably ask is, what's your digital footprint? Is it limited just to your social media accounts? Yeah. Or do you have a digital footprint in your professional life? Something simple like is, do you have a website? Do you have um, a professional profile? And yeah. how are you building on that? And what do you want to achieve on that? So do you want to achieve people knowing that you are a specialist in this field? Do you want to communicate? Do you want to add content? So yes. how do you use that for your career? Mm. Mm. Right. That's and, and what does this mean? Like, mm. yeah, sorry, continue. No, no, I was, I was, I was going to say that those are some really, you know, thought-provoking questions, I think, right? Because it's like, you, these are not things that you would necessarily sort of ask yourself, you know, when you think about the fourth industrial revolution. But these are key critical questions, right? It's key critical questions. And I, I, interesting, I was and, and an, at a holiday at an international place, and I was speaking to this German guy who was big into... IoT and obviously with my background, we got into this like three-hour conversation. And the one thing that he, he actually told me that stood out, he says, the world doesn't have a market for Internet of Things and where digital is going. People understand it needs to happen, but they don't understand exactly what are the nuts and bolts of how does this fit in. So bring it back to us, what does it mean for Prevalent? What does it mean for Tafa in your, in your daily activities? How are you best using the tools? So do you have a website? Uh, what's your professional profile looking like? Mm. How are you communicating with your colleagues? You're going to be now speaking on virtual calls like this, which is very different from speaking to someone face-to-face. -face. So yes. how are you using that to 
be more competitive? How are you using this to be more productive? Are you reaching out to people or are you waiting for people to reach out to you? What technology platforms are you using? You know, I'm just giving you a few little examples of what is this, because it's this big world and it's a big world and there's a lot on there. Do you want to become a specialist in AI and Python programming and modeling of data for customers? Or do you want to be driving some automation? If you're an accountant or an HR, God, what does this mean for me? You know, yes. engineer, yeah, it's very easy. But what does it mean for someone who's an accountant? How do they leverage technologies? So I think mm -hmm. the key question is, okay, what do you want to leave and what do you want to get out of this? How do you make yourself more productive, more efficient, and how do you have the competitive edge? Mm -hmm. So those and, are some of the key And And what would you say, so I mean, this is a question from you know, one of our listeners on the show. You know, what, what advice would you give to someone who, you know, wants to, say, make that switch to a career which is more focused on, you know, digital, internet of things, um, artificial intelligence, fourth industrial revolution, as it were? Um, what would you say to somebody who wants to sort of make that switch? What would you tell them to, for them to, in order to prepare themselves to make a switch in that direction? So I think the first thing is, and I'll start with a saying, if you don't have a direction, any any direction will do. And that's probably not what you want. You you kind of want your career, like maybe use Google or Waze, but you want to have a destination, type it in, and then map out what's the best route. So if you're in a career, say, for example, you are in HR and you want to be going to artificial intelligence, the first thing is, what gives you the ticket to the door? So what credibility have you, do you have, even if it's a three-month course, have you done something? Have you just started? You, you need to do that. And, and the key thing is you just need to start with something. So I ask that question, um, you know, I'm already primed. I want to move in this direction. Will it take six months? Will it take six years? It doesn't really matter as long as you've started. So the key things you look at is your local universities. What are they offering for you to now say, I have a qualification so you can get in the door? Because if you look at it, someone's gonna try and employ you and says, okay, great, you're a really nice person. You, you, you're really hardworking. Okay, but how do you add value to the, to the now? And you almost need to have some skills backing you up. So the first thing I would do is get something, even if it's a three month, course you get these courses on linkedin and you get these courses for harvard uh, there's a lot of social media platforms that are showing okay build your skills on ai learn the basics that's a start get a qualification and then let's go with the example if you're in hr and you want to get into ai and deep learning yeah. who are you speaking to in the industry and those are the people that are going to say Look, Pef, if you want to go into artificial intelligence, this is what the world looks like. Uh, there's probably like a hundred different streams where you can get involved in. What do you like? I suggest maybe you should go and learn this or get a qualification here. And then it's a process. And before you know it, when you look back in three years or five years, you're like, well, this is exactly where I wanted to be. It's that have a direction, get mentors, research what's available, and there's tons and tons go on to websites look at mckinsey they're always posting about what's the latest trends just type in go there google mckinsey digital and you'll see all the articles coming up pricewaterhoopers they do a lot of stuff you know just google and then you'll see the articles and you start getting a feel of oh this is great you'll get an industry and then it might pop up hey i know someone in the manufacturing industry is doing this maybe i should chat with them uh, so those are some of the basics i would you know, practically get going. Um, and it's kind of what I did, because I started off as an electronic engineer, and now it's chemical stuff, and it's a totally different industry, and it happens. So that's yeah. great. I mean, starting, I would give those those few tips to, to get going. Mm, absolutely love them. I think that, you know, more than sort of encapsulates not only switching to to, you know, that field, but you know, whatever field you're in, those are the steps to follow, right? Just towards to you know to get 
some some level of credibility and success in any field or industry that you're in. And Prevalent, as we as we come to a close, um, I think you've touched on this a little bit, but I want to get a sense of you know what role do you think you know digital skills have to play you know in in South Africa's future and in Africa's future as well. I think it's a must uh, in your career or even in your personal life, whatever you're doing is digital. So let's look at like Kenya. Kenya is one of the most innovative countries. If you look at what they're doing in terms of money transfers, what they're doing in local communities, and I suggest, you know, you tap and see how innovative they are. So we're moving. I think South Africa has a good young population Nigeria has probably got the third or fourth largest young population in the world, followed by, I think, Brazil's the, the biggest. And it's the young people that are on phones, it's the young people that are using apps. So for South Africa's future, it's the best way to leapfrog. Yes, there's a lot of challenges. Africa as a whole has a lot of challenges. You know, there's a lot of hungry people. If someone's hungry, they want food, they're not too concerned about whether I'm digital or not, but we've got a huge young population that, and in my travels, the different countries and the different working experiences, they're hungry for success. They're hungry to make a difference. And, and I think it's there, it's poised. What we do need is more industries, more mentors to pull people up and say, okay, great, let's move forward. Let's get the digital going. It cannot be a case in 20 years and South Africa is a laggard and you have your countries like your US and your China that are just moving exceptionally fast and we're still in the back. So it's almost like it's the quickest way. You've got a young population, you've got a population that's hungry, you've got a population that actually wants to go digital. It is a recipe for success. So I would recommend for, and, and even in the listeners, is push forward. Try and get some digital skill. Uh, you're gonna need it, and it's if everyone does a point one percent, then the whole country moves forward. The whole continent starts to move forward, and we start punching in the weight with others. And probably something I should just add is it's probably a little of a personal story, but when I went to do some work in in France and Spain, and I was thinking, you know, I'm South African and you know, it's a third world country. When I got there, I'm like, you could punch the weight with the guys in terms of their capabilities. So we're good. We just don't see that we're good. As a country, as a continent, we can punch up there. We can even punch higher. I mean, the guys who are listening to stuff that are saying, and um, I don't have a super high IQ. I'm just like, like you and I, like everyday person. Yeah. So just to show you from those insights, definitely scope get the skills, we can leapfrog. It's there for the taking. It's absolutely there for the taking. That is so, so profound and, and, and really so sort of inspirational. I love, I love the practicality of that, but I also love the sort of, you know, that's based on the principle that you spoke about, right? That, you know, I am because of you and, and you are because of me, right? And, you know, we each do a 0.1% better we will take the continent, this country forward. Um, and I think that's really inspirational. And, you know, Prevalent, I just want to thank you so much for, um, you know, coming onto the show. Um, I'm sure it's been a, a lovely sort of reflective episode for you. Um, for us as, as the listeners, it's been uh, thoroughly inspirational, thoroughly um, insightful, thought-provoking as well. Um, you know, to the listeners, if you've made it this far into the episode, I would suggest, and I'd hope that you've, you know, scribbled down some notes, um, you know, if, if it's, you know, writing it down in a book, if that's your thing, or, uh, you know, quickly writing it down in your notes app on your phone. But I, I really hope that you've taken down some of the nuggets that Prevalent has, has shared with us. So Prevalent, I just want to thank you so much for coming onto the show, and I hope that you've enjoyed it. Oh, absolutely. And uh, thank you very much. And thank you to your listeners for, for taking the time and, and listening to us. I'm very excited about uh, the next two sessions that we're going to have on the Street Smart Skills. I think we're going to touch on actually how, how do you find your X factor and how do you stitch that up with digitally and 
and picking up the country and the continent as a whole. So that's coming in. So I'm, I'm very excited about those new sessions. But Ben, again, thank you for the platform and I think you're doing some amazing stuff and to your listeners as well. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Bourbon. And uh, to, 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 to elaborate on your point, you know, as, as I say goodbye to the listeners, right, I think it's really important if you haven't signed up for Street Talk Skills course um, that you do right away, um, you head over to Impactful Conversations on Sierra today and you'll see the first button on, like, on the page um, you know, sign up for a course and you'll see part two of the Street Smart Skills course is right there. If you haven't attended part one, it's still fine. You can attend part two. You can listen to part one or watch part one um, in the podcast episode, which you'll find on the website as well. But to you, the listener, thank you so much for listening to us. Please do subscribe uh, to the platform, whether be it on the podcast platforms or on YouTube. And uh, do give us any feedback on how the platform is impacting you. But until we meet again from Previn and myself, goodbye, cheers, and have a fantastic day further. Cheers. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to the episode. I hope that you were impacted positively and that you found substance and significance whilst listening to the episode. Head over to the Impactful Conversations website at impactfulconversations.co.za to find out more about the show. To stay up to date with the latest episodes, please subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star rating. You can also check out and subscribe to my episodes in video format on the Impactful Conversations YouTube channel. Just head over to YouTube and search Impactful Conversations. Thank you to all who have listened in and subscribed. Why not share the episode with a family member or a friend? who you think could be positively impacted. Anyway, until the next episode, bye-bye, stay safe, stay healthy, and wash your hands.